Football is back, Dave. We're here for week two. Week two in the spread zone. We're back and at it. Football is alive and well. We have a lot to go over this week. Go ahead. What What are your thoughts? No, fo- football is alive and well, but Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is not. Four snaps. Humanely euthanized Tuesday morning in New York. Yeah, that's you got to you got to say that's not what the what the Jets thought they were going to be trading for when they made that trade. You got to say that's not what the Packers thought they were going to be getting as they will not receive a first round pick now as uh, there was an incentive tied to Aaron Rodgers playing 70% of the snaps for the Jets this season. So really a lose-lose all around. And Jet fans, you're in our thoughts and prayers. Maybe next year you guys will have an opportunity. Let's go over quickly our week one picks recap. Dave, you were three and two. You had the Lions... Eagles, 49ers, actually four and two, sorry. Lions, Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys, you picked correct, and Chargers, Bills, incorrectly. I was two and four, uh, a gracious two and four. After picking the Chiefs, Steelers, Steelers, Chargers, Bills, getting the Eagles and Cowboys right. Uh, it was not a good. It was not a good week for the the Kenny uh, Pickett agenda that you uh, have been following there, my friend. It was not I, a good week. I should probably stop listening to Bill Simmons and believing <laughs> he actually had them winning the AFC. Oh wow! Yeah. Actually, being the one seed and making the AFC, I think championship. So I need to stop nah. drinking the Kool Aid after that. I would typically advise against um, listening to people who don't actually watch the sport very intensely. If I can give you one piece of advice, listen to people who actually watch the sport. The sports guy. Come on. I mean, come on. So (laughs) let's go into the fan zone quickly. Kansas City Chiefs thoughts. First for me, I think there was a, it was week one, but there was also that lack of a number one receiver go to obviously with that late scratch for Travis Kelsey short yardage issues again Andy Reid play calling it, it's it's getting too cute it, it's it doesn't make sense obviously you put Blake Bell or a tight end in motion he gets him you know right in front of center what else are they going to do they're going to hike the ball with him quarterback sneak it, it's been done the last three years since since Mahomes hurt his knee They've got to be a little more creative or finally just grow, grow a set of balls and just have Mahomes do it. He, he's, he's been fine. He can do it. And then that fourth down decision really surprised me. We know Andy Reid to typically be a little more conservative on play calls. You had all three timeouts. And it's fourth and 20. False start. Jawan Taylor for the probably umpteenth time that was the first one to be called. And... We go for it on fourth and twenty-five in our own in our own half. Dave, what? T- tell me what, what? What was Andy Reid thinking there? What were your kind of thoughts on on the Chiefs Lions opening night game? I mean, I I shared this with you after that game. I thought it was fascinating to go for it on fourth and twenty-five when you had multiple times. On fourth and two early in the game, gone for a field goal instead. I just sort of think, and and to his credit, Andy Reid typically is on 
the right side of this, but if you're on the other, the opponent's side of the field and you have the best quarterback, arguably in the history of the league, you, and you have a fourth and five under, you are really committing malpractice by not going for it. And, you know, they, they wouldn't have been in that situation to be in the fourth 20 and 25 late in the game. If they had just, you know, rolled the dice on both of those fourth and two, I think there's a, let's just say better than, better than 50% chance. They would have come away with seven on one or not one of, or both of those drives a little, a little baffling. And, and as you mentioned with the timeouts, they had left late. That was, that was a, a bit of a head scratcher from Andy Reed, but you know, your, your, your issues you mentioned earlier, the lack of a number one receiver, I think we're going to see, you know, it, it'll look a lot easier and it'll look a lot better with Kelsey in there, but we're going to see a lot of guys get a chance this year to be that number one receiver or, you know, as counting Kelsey as the number one, the number two receiver, um, Kadarius Tony had a, had a lot of chances to make a lot of big plays and, and really seal that he couldn't do it on Thursday night, you know, Sky Moore, I, was expecting a little bit more from him coming, coming off, coming off that, that, a little bit of a slow rookie season, you know, there there wasn't a lot there. And as crazy as it is to say, I think they, they even missed someone at least as reliable as Juju Smith Schuster, maybe not a huge, a huge stud anymore at this age in his career, but he seemed to be someone that Mahomes trusted a little bit more than some of these other guys. I, I think he's kind of that short to mid, you know, mid yardage guy that could get that catch maybe on, you know, third and six. Willing uh, to go over the middle, take a exactly. hit. Yeah. He's not going he to blow you away with speed or anything like that, but he can, he can get open, you know, catch, catch a little quick out in, in a short yardage situation in a, in a high leverage situation. And we didn't see really anyone doing that on Thursday night. And that they, I agree. They cost them. And I think the defense was was more than up to the challenge against the Lions. I thought they played a great game. I thought Spags really, really called a great game. My, you know, I, I want to go on that point though that you talked about. It's fourth and five or less. You keep it in the best player's hands. That's 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 the point about the fourth down decisions or the short yardage decisions that really are frustrating because we know six points is more than three. It's fourth and, and two. And especially, you know, given while I definitely agree with you, I, I was impressed with the the overall performance from the chiefs defense on Thursday night. I don't think we're ever going to, I don't think we're going to be sitting there and at the end of this season, looking at it as a top six, top eight defense. So, you know, you're, you've got to coach from the standpoint of aggression and got to coach as if you're, you may need every one of those points rather than just settling for three, you know, and the what's the other team, team doing, the right? What's the other yep. team doing? They're doing that to us, right? Because we're the team to beat. We're, they're always put trying to be on the front foot. Yep. We need to be a little bit more, I think on, uh, on the gas pedal there. So I, I, I absolutely agree. So let, let's talk a little bit more just about America's football team. The Dallas Cowboys, Dave, how you must have been just in heaven watching Micah Parsons, that D line. I mean, it seemed like they had two, two lines they could just bring in and out. They were fresh. That Giants line had no chance. What were your thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants game? I mean, it was a, it was a demolition. That's for sure. You know, the, the, it was notable the way the Giants came out and started the game. I think they ran the ball on 10 consecutive plays on the, the opening drive of that, that game. And I think 
they did and the cowboys did improve the interior of that defensive line quite a bit but i still think that teams are going to look at it and say we'll take our chances trying to establish the run against them because that pass rush that the this defensive secondary they are pretty nasty so but they you saw that drive stall out blocked field goal returned for a touchdown and then that it was just pretty much off to the races from there it was it was a pretty thorough demolition and you know they it was a great game for the Cowboys from the standpoint of they did not play a single player, meaningful player on that offense, a, a snap in the preseason. And because of the way that game unfolded, the, the Cowboys offense was largely able to treat it as a preseason game, you know, getting comfortable, yeah, getting reps, getting their timing right, which you couldn't have asked for a better start for the Cowboys. You know, that defense was, is really going to be a problem for a lot of teams this season. I think adding an, an equally as good, if not better, cornerback opposite Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore is just just unlocks a huge weapon for for Dan Quinn. You're really gonna see teams have to have to really stretch, have to really try to force some balls in there just to move the ball down the field in the passing game, because there's not a lot of great options. I think that just really tees up. The pass rush to continue to get home, as you mentioned, I mean, you could argue they have the best D line in football, especially when you consider the depth. They've got pass rushers after pass rushers. You know, Dorrance Armstrong comes in, backup D and has two two sacks. Osa Adigizua has two sacks. They just just dominated them. And I think what we saw was what, not a surprise to me to the extent that Daniel Jones really struggled. I think that I'm not. never really understood what the Giants were doing with that big contract for him. He played decent last year, but a lot of the underlying statistical numbers were, you know, a little ominous and sort of portrayed a guy who was, who was benefited from some fluky things and was putting together a season that he would be hard pressed to repeat. And even then he only threw for 15 touchdowns in 16 games last year. So it, it was know. rough to see. I, I was surprised they actually didn't pull him towards the, the end of that third, four, you know, start of the fourth quarter. Just, just sounds injury, like Michael, who knows? Sounds like Michael Parsons was as well. He, he, he went on a podcast and, and really ripped the Giants coaches for not pulling Daniel Jones. And I don't blame him. He, I'm guessing J- Daniel Jones woke up Monday morning thankful that he was in one piece and didn't have an exploded Achilles or any other broken bones because he got his ass whooped. <laughs> he did. He did. There is no question on that. So let, let's talk a little bit m- briefly on week one surprises for me. I, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking care of business, going up to Minnesota with, with Baker Mayfield. Mike Evans still has a little bit more in the tank. That was a surprise for me. I think the Cleveland Browns defense Sean Watson was another story, but you could say that about Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. They, they struggled Patrick Mahomes. Then, I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse. That Aaron Rodgers thing was just – you'd like to see a little bit more from from the opportunity with the Jets. But, but the big one for me was the Buccaneers. I, I think it shows week one is not that overreact time. But that's a that's a tough loss for the Vikings if they want to win the NFC North. Where I think I I know where you're going on favorites with the Green Bay Packers. That was a tough one to lose at home. 
I think that just 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 bodes. It, it, it's going to be a tough one on Thursday night for them when we talk about the games. But any surprises that stood out for you, Week One? I mean, I, just touching on the the Buccaneers point, I think that people were a little a little quick to bury them and a little quick to act to sort of just forget that for a large chunk of last year, save maybe the final two or three games down the stretch of the regular season, Tom Brady was not good last year at all. And people sort of wanted to ask, act like, you know, him retiring and then going from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield as if, I mean, I know that nominally it was a competition between Mayfield and Kyle Trask, but Kyle Trask is not an NFL quarterback. And, yeah. and we, we've all taken our shots at Baker Mayfield. He's obviously was not worthy of the number one overall selection, but he's still, he's a, he's a legitimate NFL starting quarterback. He's maybe not a top half of the league, but he's the 20th best quarterback. And look in what he NFL. did with the Rams in three days, right? Yeah, he won absolutely. That game absolutely. Yeah. He's not. He's a. He's a flawed player, but he's capable of playing the quarterback position. And they still have a good defense, and they still have some weapons, especially at receiver with Godwin and Mike Evans. And you know, they're going to be a little friskier than people think. I mean, so. But as you 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 said it perfectly, especially given what the Packers did in Week One and how impressive Jordan Love looked, that was a really discouraging loss for them. And. I think people sort of wanted to handle hand them a cakewalk in that division going into this season, but I think they, that week one proved that even if they do end up winning, it's not going to be as easy as people thought. And, and they have Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator, a little bit more aggressive, you know, in the play calling. Uh, Rashad White, you know, great back for for the Buccaneers. He, he had a decent game. Mike Evans did well. I I agree. I think Todd Bowles. We kind of forget. He's that defensive-minded head coach. Does a great job. I, the guys, I think, you know, still are working hard for him. So I think that was, you know, like you said, a tough one for the Vikings, especially with how the Packers played. Let's get get into kind of, I, I guess, maybe one more. I'm, I'm thinking surprise before we move on to disappointments. The surprises for me was probably to about just the AFC and how. Cincinnati looked, how Buffalo looked with Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, the Chiefs, right, too, as well. Those are the three main picks, I think, for most experts to be at least the one seed, make the Super Bowl. And I think it just shows that Burrow hurt, didn't play much in the preseason. Josh Allen didn't really play in the preseason. As elite as you are, you still got to get reps, and training camp's just not always going to be that end all be all. And, and the struggle was real for those three teams that are zero and one. Is the NFC? I guess my point would be: is the NFC top three teams maybe a little bit better? Well, I mean, it's it's interesting, as you said, the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs. Those I think anyone would have said going into the season that. I think those are the consensus three best teams in the league, most likely, even including the NFC. And then you'd probably say the Eagles best team in the NFC going into it. They're another, they're another team that didn't really look super impressive either. And that, that vaunted offense was not good at all. Jalen Hurts looked very pedestrian. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it, I think teams are going to continue to make that sacrifice, especially if it, if, it just doesn't really carry over much much into week two and they come out in week two and play better. 
they're gonna they're gonna continue to think that the risk of injury in the preseason is just not worth it for those those big important high money guys. But it definitely shows you the value of the preseason. That's for sure. is is a little a little higher than uh, the the consensus is these days. Absolutely. And for disappointments, let's let's move on to that. We. We've already talked about the Cowboys Giants game. I, I think Daniel Jones, that offensive line, just they look like ragdolls. I mean, it was every time in the backfield, you know, he couldn't even get through his read sometimes. So a lot of it is on Daniel Jones, but I think obviously that offensive line, Seattle, I think there was a lot of momentum for them to be a, a, a playoff team. I think they, they, they might be that team that does not make the playoffs this year typically you know half of the half of the teams that make the playoffs and don't seattle might be that team after playing the rams they had hookah naku what do you have 11 receptions from byu tutu atwell had a great game as well as well as stafford and a lot of have played incredible you know i think nobody would have been surprised if he was pretty much cooked after last year but he came out and showed people he still had a lot in the tank, and they they embarrassed Seattle a little bit. And I think it shows Sean McVay is just still a great coach, right? I mean, it's that that that's it. And then the Steelers, I I thought I felt like there's a lot of momentum. Kenny Pickett, you know, had a good. Uh, see, that's the other end of the spectrum, right? With Kenny Pickett, had a pretty strong, I think, preseason, and goes to show we can't always believe. Similar to like Sky Moore. Oh, he had a great preseason. He did a lot in the offseason. He was with Mahomes, and he, I mean, what do you have? One catch? He had point four points for my fantasy team. Thanks, Sky Moore. You know, so. <laughs> Every, you know, everybody, I, everybody's in the best shape of their life until the season yeah, starts. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, so, so, so let's, let's talk. So I think the team of the week we came up with was the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy. Yep. What a game. He looked good. He looks good. I, I will be the first to admit he looked really good. You know, the 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 weapons that that offense has, it, when they're all healthy, I think we saw just how scary that team is. You know, if when you have Kittle, you have McCaffrey, you have Debo, you have Luke. I mean, yes, probably four of the best, best four offensive weapons that any right. team has. In the and, and they've they've shifted too, I think. Speed is important for that offense, but also bully ball, right? Who can win at the line of scrimmage? Ayuk, for sure. Debo, for mm-hmm. sure. So Physical guys. really put Strong. a priority yeah. on that physicality piece yep. for the wide receivers, and I think it's shown. Ayuk, they've been, I think, very patient. This year might be that year where he has that, that, he moves up to that top tier because he had a great start. I, I think defense is defense is nasty too. You know, but we we I think not enough attention was being paid to that's an already elite defense, and they doubled down on it. Spent a ton of money to make a right. good defense way better, and it it showed. I mean, they had the Steelers just in absolute hell for pretty much sixty full minutes in that game. <laughs> No, no question. And it helps that Brock Purdy's on that rookie contract. Mr. Relevant, right. That helps a lot to be able to pay those players that they have. So in honor of Hunter McMillan, bum of the week, I think he actually might love this pick. Josh. It's, his, it's his all time bum of the week, no matter Josh how good he works. Allen. My concern, Dave, and I, I was thinking back, right? So I was at that Chiefs-Bills game, right? That playoff game. 
when they went to overtime, the 13 seconds. I remember back to that game, right? He he felt like he had to do everything, which he did, right? It was just that coin flaw or coin toss. Chiefs won it. They went down and scored the touchdown. Since that moment, I feel like Josh Allen feels like he has to be Superman every single game. I don't think it's shown up a ton, but I think Monday night, how uncomfortable he was in the pocket really showed to me that I think he's got to be more patient. When you see Aaron Rodgers go down four snaps in, you shouldn't be turning the ball over four times, maybe checking down. Those were things that I think were a little bit alarming, The how uncomfortable he was to bail in the pocket. I think you, the thing about Josh Allen is is there's no doubt, and he, he said it as much himself, you know, full props to him. He took all of the accountability for that loss, and a lot of it did go, you know, squarely on his shoulders. But the thing about Josh Allen is he's always sort of been a – he's going – he does a lot of great things, and some of the style of play that creates those those excellent, you know, outcomes a lot of the times are also sometimes going to lead to – you know, bad turnovers. He's this is not someone who turnovers are a new thing with. It it may be that, you know, people are starting to pay a little bit more attention to them, but he's turned the ball over many more times in the last four years than a guy like Dak Prescott, who is constantly, you know, treated as if he's a he's a turnover machine. He it has not stopped Josh Allen from you know, leading the Bills and and being the best player on a Bills team that is a perennial contender. Sometimes you're going to get games like, you know, like Monday night. It was obviously a bad performance with him, but let's let's hold off and let's and pump see the and maybe pump let's the may, breaks. Yeah, and let's maybe take a look at you know wh- how Dak Prescott plays against that Jets defense on Sunday because to assume that that was just you know all Josh Allen just just absolutely screwing the pooch and just choking and all that would be a little insulting to how good that Jets defense is. And I think, you know, they were, they've been good for a couple seasons now, and I think they got even better in the the off season. So I think you don't want to give, you know, rob them of the credit that they deserve, but he certainly, you know, with especially all those turnovers coming in the fourth quarter, you can't, you can't rob him of his well-deserved title of bum of the week this week. Josh Allen, congratulations. We'll be sending that award to your address. Just let Haley Seinfeld know. I say, hey. <laughs> let, let's go to our watchable section. We, every week, basically rank our every matchup in the NFL and go from Thursday night to Monday night. We actually have two games Monday night tonight. I don't understand why they're starting at like seven and eight, but that's besides the point. I just think I think that's a little curious that they're trying to call it a double header. In my mind, a double header means one happens once one goes after the other one finishes. So that's fine. Call it a double game Monday or something like that. But it is not a double header. But that I suppose is nitpicking not going to watch either game and joe buck and troy will be in uh uh, pittsburgh for the cleveland pittsburgh game in case you're wondering so let's go to thursday night game we've got the minnesota vikings at philadelphia eagles eagles are favored by seven and a half points quick thoughts on the that game 
you know, uh, the Vikings, we, we discussed, they, they definitely had a terrible loss on, uh, Sunday. I think, uh, that's going to be an interesting game to watch. You never really know who's going to, especially in that first Thursday night game of the year, you know, you haven't played serious game of football in nine months and now you're playing two and a hundred hours. You never know who's going to respond to that better. And the Eagles have, the Eagles have a good amount of injuries in this game. You know, and, and that that's a quick turnaround. They played at four 30 Eastern yep. time. They played up in new England. What's your thoughts kind of on that spread for me? Seven and a half is kind of that, that, that point where Vegas wants you to take the Eagles, but I could see the Vikings coming back door, getting that touchdown to keep it within, you know, less than seven. I, I just feel like unless you're talking, you know, it's November and it's the 0 and 14 Cardinals is the, the the away team on the Thursday night game. I just think it's too wonky to ever really feel comfortable in a spread above seven, especially when you are coming off as many in- injuries as the Eagles have. Starting middle linebacker Nicobe Dean is on injured reserve. James Bradbury is unlikely to play for the Eagles. You know, Fletcher Cox is banged up. It sounds like he is going to play, but ribs, you know, aren't fun to play through. So I I honestly wouldn't be stunned in that game if the Vikings take it outright. I think the Thursday night games are just, like you said, such a total crapshoot because it's short rest. I felt like not a real lot football. Of games, it's it's yeah. not. I I felt like last year a lot of the games were blowouts. So the Several games, I think, at the start of the year, the Chiefs played the Chargers. That was back and forth. Those tip- games are typically close anyway. But Chiefs, I think, won walk-off Kelsey home or touchdown. So I, I think this week it is going to be a close game. Our YouTube TV Sunday ticket quad box. I'd love eight box. Can we go Octo? Whatever. These are our matchups that we are putting on YouTube TV and actually buying the subscription so we can specifically watch in full high def first matchup. Send us, send us a sponsorship, YouTube TV. We'd love to. We're have here you. for you. Baltimore Ravens at Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are favored three and a half. That's that zone right there for me. I think it, it's 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 tough to say. I'm going to take the Bengals outright. I do believe last year they they started slow and, and ended you know well until the AFC Championship game you know really built created momentum. I'm thinking Ravens three and a half. The Cincinnati Bengals are are favored. What are your thoughts? I'm a little surprised honestly that that line is that low. I thought you know the Ravens they certainly got the job done on Sunday, but I don't think that they looked very impressive. That the Texans really hung with them for quite a long time in that game. And a lot of the issues we've seen with the Ravens over the years sort of reared their ugly head. Zay Flowers was terrific. To at least my surprise, he's been my one of my favorite players in this year's draft for a while. Bengals are obviously slightly embarrassed after the way they played on Sunday. So, you know, to me, that a home game, their home debut, they're coming off getting curb stomped by one of their biggest rivals, and now they're playing arguably their other biggest rival. I'm a little surprised that line is that low. The Bengals have a lot more to lose in that game, and I think they come out and play desperate. And, and you know, well, I guess we'll see if Burrow's performance last week was due to rust in the Browns' defense or if that calf injury 
is still going to be an issue that maybe he's dealing with for quite a while. And are we going to be talking about that offensive line? They brought over Orlando Brown from the Chiefs, gave him a big contract. Is that line going to... Miles Garrett was playing little hoops while he was trying to to pass pass rush. Pass rush. Pass rush. Well, uh, you... You know, it wasn't two years ago that they had a big free agent signing, Lyle Collins, the the former Cowboys right tackle, and they released him right off of injured reserve this week. And I don't think that their right tackle was all that impressive on Sunday. So look, they're they're starting to really pay the price for some bad free agent investments on the offensive line, some bad draft picks on the offensive line. He has. He has. Next game, we have the New York Jets. This is if he at Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are favored. It was, I think, two and a half, three before Aaron Rodgers' injury. It is nine and a half now for the Dallas Cowboys. What are your quick hits? I mean, I sort of hinted at it earlier. We're we're gonna see how much of Monday night's results were just Josh Allen being bad and how much of it is the Jets defense really being one of those elite elite units in this league? You know, nine and a half is, I, I don't think you're, if you're Roberts, if you're Robert Sala and that coaching stuff, not, not sad at all that that line jumped up to nine and a half because you got a lot of motivational tools right there for your team. You know, he's, he's, you can already hear him and some of the other players on that team talking about how no, they don't understand why people are saying the season's over. I would counter Zach Wilson has Zach played Wilson, football right? in That's... the NFL before. We've seen how that got that went, but hey, they, you know, if you're them, you you're one and zero, and that you to come back and get that win is going to be huge. If we're sitting there at the end of the season and they're nine and eight and squeak into the playoffs, that's going to be the game that that got them in there. You know, gave them the confidence that the defense could propel them to victory even without Aaron Rodgers. And, and I think this is another team again about their offensive line. Right. I was just Dwayne Brown got beat bad on the injury. I mean, he just got pushed. And he popped up he popped up on the injury list today for the Jets. So, you know, I I do think the Jets defense is good and I wouldn't be shocked at all if they really make the Cowboys offense struggle, but by that same token, Zach Wilson may have some sleepless nights looking at film with that offensive line going against the Cowboys defensive line. You're going to get a lot of Brees Hall. You're going to get a lot of Dalvin cook. God, I feel sorry for Garrett Wilson. Oh, <laughs> man, he is what special. a player, man. What a player next game. I think this might be the, the matchup of the week. Can't see chiefs at Jacksonville Jaguars Duval street. Jaguars are underdogs they are getting two and a half points the chiefs are favored in every game actually this year they are two and a half point favorites the kansas city chiefs i think this game for me goes chiefs 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 andy reeds on a mini buy uh i I think they're gonna really have mahomes is gonna have a lot to play for this week he he mentioned he was embarrassed so i think he's gonna be ready to go yeah you know if the if the Chiefs had just held on and gotten that victory, I think I I would have been pretty confident in the Jaguars here. You know, you're going, you're a Midwestern team. You're going to play in Florida and or the early season in September. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. It's going to be muggy. 
not not the best conditions for a team in the Midwest that's not used to that. You know, you're you're going you're going against a great coach who knows Andy Reid very well, who has a quarterback with a lot of the same you know elite physical gifts that Patrick Mahomes has. I I do think I am end up leaning with you on the Chiefs covering, but you know I I would not be stunned if the Jaguars won this game. The, the Chiefs do. A- the Chiefs do like to car- carve themselves a little bit of a hole to start they the do. season. And I could see 0-2 is is very, very realistic. Very, very realistic. But I, same token, I, I can see the same about the Ravens, you know, with the Bengals. Ravens beating the Bengals, going 0-2. I, I don't think they're going to really worry, but they just really got to figure things out. Next game. It, it does ahead. seem, I mean, I... Feel like the odds are pretty good that one of those three teams, Bengals, Chiefs, and Bills, is gonna is gonna be sitting there at zero and two. It's just a matter of which one it is. Uh, I agree. San Francisco 49ers at L.A. Rams. Rams are getting seven points. The 49ers are favored by seven. A touchdown. This is. I think this is kind of low key going to be a great matchup. My question is. On the back end, the secondary for the Rams, are they going to be able to hold up against just that formidable receiving, you know, McCaffrey? That, that, that's my big question mark. I, I think the 49ers just, Kyle Shanahan's just offense is a well-oiled machine with Purdy. You, you got to look, I mean, I, I was very impressed by the Rams hanging in there, getting the, the victory over Seattle. I don't know that this is a very good matchup for them, though. You know, those guys that you mentioned, the wide receivers, the unsung heroes that stepped up on Sunday, the two-two outwells of the world. I mean, it's one thing to do it against the 2023 Seattle defense. It's another to do it against San Francisco. And yes, okay, you're at home, but that is a home game for the 49ers. The 49ers are no actually question. wearing... The 49ers will actually be wearing their home red jerseys on Sunday to add insult to injury to the Rams, I guess. But that more than 50% of the people in the crowd will be 49ers fans. I wouldn't be surprised if 75% of them is wearing red on Sunday. So you're you're basically on the road in your home stadium. The only difference is you have a nice commute, a, a nice easy commute. Nice easy I think commute. I think this may be a little bit of a back to reality for the Rams. I'm pretty confident the 49ers smoke them. We will see. Next, the Scott Hansen. Man, he looked good this weekend, didn't he? He uh, he was he is a vision. together. Woo. Scott Hansen, red guy. zone. He'd been waiting, what, 200, 300 days for this. 265 game. days there since our go. last 18 game or whatever, 16 game Sunday. The Scott Hansen looking good red zone. L.A. Chargers at Tennessee Titans. Titans are getting three, meaning the Chargers are favored by three. This I think this one. Is, I think yep. this game is a trap game. The Titans for even Tannehill's corpse. I'm leaning to the Titans. This is going to be an interesting one. You know, clearly the the strength of that Titans team is the defense is that defensive line, you know, against a team in the chargers that, yeah, they did not get 
the the victory, but it certainly wasn't because their offense didn't you know didn't play well, didn't put up a ton of points. The Kellen Moore effect was definitely felt. You know that that offense looked really good. I think they're going to continue to look really good all season. I think this is an interesting matchup. You know the Titans could could easily be sitting there and telling themselves they probably beat the Saints by 20 points, 15, 20 points if Tannehill just takes a little bit better care of the ball. Now, that doesn't mean he's ever going to, but, you know, I think you come away from that game if you're the Titans not thinking, oh, man, we suck, we lost. You come away thinking there's no reason we should be – 0-1 0-1 on the season. You come away telling yourself you can still compete. It's still early. We're, we're going to be in every game with that defense, right? That D-line. Right, right. I, I think yep. with Derrick Henry, what is it, Tajay Spears? or Tajay Spears, yeah. Tajay yeah. Spears, he's great. I, I think that Saints team is pretty scrappy. Derrick Carr, serviceable, right? I, I think that's yeah, well the, the Saints team is is not that different, I think, than the Titans. You know, really well coached defense, a lot of talented guys on that defense. You got a defensive minded head coach of the Saints, just like with the Titans, a great staff on the defensive side of the ball. Quarterback's a little iffy. That was that was definitely a matchup of two very similar teams. So, you know, if 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 the Chargers are sitting there and in the 20 points 25 point zone, then I think we can safely say they're going to win handily. If the Titans can really control Justin Herbert, keep that offense in check, then they might have a chance to steal one. I think the Chargers probably get the job done, but I wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be the craziest thing in the whole world if the Titans at least hang tight, hang close, keep keep that game within reach, even into the fourth quarter. And, and again, that's the Chargers. They're favored by three in Tennessee. Seattle Seahawks. At Detroit Lions, the Lions are favored by five and a half. This is the, I think this is the Vegas zone. I, I think Seattle, I could see them losing by three. I, this one, I, I, I'm not sure to really go one I way think, or the other yet. I think this is high, higher than it would have been to take advantage of people who are just blown away that the, the Lions got a victory over a Chiefs team missing their second and third best players by one point that was probably a 15 point loss. If the chiefs just don't drop the ball. Uh, yeah. Kadarius. I mean, thanks for that. Yeah. I, and I was, it is I was not very is. impressed at all by the, by the lions in that game. You, know, you can, I guess, you know, great work by them getting the job done. Yeah. But I don't think that was the same as beating the full chiefs team, full strength and healthy. Don't think that was the same as even, as beating a Chiefs team, not on that opening game. We've seen the the Super Bowl winners come out a little flat in that game year after year. So exactly. I, I, I'm not that impressed yet. If the Lions really, you know, take care of business against the Seahawks, then I'll start to believe a little bit more. But I, I think the Seahawks win this game, personally. Detroit Lions favored by five and a half in Detroit. Next one, Las Vegas Raiders at Buffalo Bills. Bills are favored by nine and a half. I think you're going to see a lot of Josh Jacobs in this game. Jimmy G will keep it close. I like the Raiders in this matchup. Nine and a half is a little high, you know, especially if, you know, you look at the game that Devontae Adams had or did not have rather in week one. He was limited pretty, pretty badly in that game. 
the the bills i'm not sure that they are going to necessarily be able to you know i like i like the bills secondary it's good it's not as elite as someone like certain of the broncos who really right. shut down Devonte adams so i think adams can definitely have a big game in this game the I think the Raiders a nine and a half seems like a, a pretty large line to me. I would be a little surprised if the Bills cover on this one. I think they do get the job done and and win the game, but right. I would not be surprised at all if, like you said, Jimmy G keeps them close and the Raiders cover that nine point spread. I, I see it somewhere around that three to seven point win. So I think the Raiders will be able to, you know, beat the spread there. Green Bay Packers. At Atlanta Falcons, the Packers are favored by one in Atlanta. I think this this actually could have probably been on the, the YouTube TV Sunday ticket. It's gonna be an interesting game, I think. At, Except at the for Desmond for- Ritter, I, I don't I don't even want to discuss him, but he's brutal. But I, I Jordan Love, go ahead. What you, you're saying something about the I was say two two teams that both looked better than I think most people anticipated week one. You know, I, I was actually a little bit impressed with that Falcons defense, which has been really bad for a while. But you know, whole, I, granted, it's it's a rookie quarterback in his first game in Bryce Young, but to hold them to ten points and that defense has been pretty historically bad for the last couple of years. You know, if they, I'm not saying by any means they're a top ten defense, but if they, you know, improve to an average defense, then I think, you know, that they have a chance to be a decent team and be a factor in that division race. You know, we saw Bijan Robinson look electric in his he first game. He looks fabulous. I mean, people miss. I think you were spot on, though, about the Packers. I think that is a team that is going to be very good. I think they just needed a little bit of change with Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers leaving. I think it was good for both parties. But there were some clips I saw on Twitter or is it X? I don't know. But Jordan Love, Jordan Love looked exactly like Aaron Rodgers in some of those releases. It, it he was, was impressive. It was, he was really impressive in, in that game. And, you know, I think people fixated a little bit too much over some of those games he started when Rodgers was hurt where he did not look that comfortable. I think you can't necessarily rule out that, that, that some of that is the Packers just – not wanting to throw too much at him, not giving him the leeway. And maybe he's one of those guys that just does not play as well when he doesn't know that he is the guy when he thinks he's just filling in. But we saw him, you know, we saw him play really well coming in against the Eagles after, you know, in the middle of the game and and nearly leading a great comeback. He didn't look as good in those games he started, but as you know, it was pretty high on him and the Packers going into the season. I think, like you said, that relationship had run its course. It's time for some change. I think Matt LaFleur is a good coach, and he's he's proving that with Jordan Love so far I, this season. I think that offense is get definitely more tailored towards Jordan Love's strengths now, you know, more so than what Rodgers was. So I think that's going to be a great matchup. Green Bay Packers favored by one point in Atlanta. It's sleepy time. You want to take a nap, do whatever you need to do. Let's get our, our little bear, our little bear on the tee on the tee. Little bear, cover. honey bear. Here we go. Chicago Bears at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This was a close one. I thought this was this could have been moved up to the red zone. Chicago Bears at Tampa Bay. 
Buccaneers are favored by three points. I mean, plain and simple, Justin Fields has to play. If the, if the Bears are not going to be bad this year, then he's going to play better. He was just did not look comfortable in the pocket, um, and that's a little bit alarming after having a full offseason, you know, after a full season as a starter under his belt. He didn't look very good against the Packers. You know, the Buccaneers have a strong defensive line. Yeah, they're, they're, that should be it. Should be an interesting game. I, I was like, like we touched on earlier. I was impressed with the Buccaneers. I think they, I think they probably win this one handily and and cover easily to me. And it might be, you know, five alarm fire time in Chicago. There's some alarming. Chase Claypool clips up on Twitter with with what a bad effort. trade that was. I, I do think this could go one of two ways, right? Obviously, like you said, I think Tampa Bay could blow them out, or it's going to be tight game, and I think Chicago Bears do win it. So uh, this is a tough game. Obviously, it's our sleepy time. So enough. We're on that one. New York Giants at Arizona Cardinals. The Giants are favored by four and a half in Arizona. Josh Dobbs versus Daniel Jones. Cardinals were a little bit frisky last week. They certainly played better than than I think either of us expected them to. They were a little frisky. I think both of these teams suck, so I don't, we don't, shouldn't waste too much time on it. But, you know, I, I could see the Cardinals... I could see the Cardinals giving them a hard time. If the, you're the Giants, you got to win this one. You know, the wheels are starting to fall. So, and I don't want to go off on a tangent but, here, but that you did have the Commanders covering in your league Corso pick of the yep. week, and yep. they did not miss that one. So we'll, we'll go over that briefly uh, before week two pick matchups at the end of the show. Yeah, I don't want to spend any more time on that Giants Cardinals game. Hunter's bum rush. This should be good. Colts at Oof. Texans. Woof. You know, Texans I- favored by one. Go ahead. Again, though, both both of these teams looked a little less awful than either of us was expecting. Richardson looked like he could be serviceable in his year one, and and there could be something. He might be, be the best quarterback in this draft. Yeah, I mean, he certainly, I think everyone can agree, he's easily the most talented quarterback in the draft. That's not the issue. I think the issue everyone's saying is, you know, he barely has played the the position at all. How long does he need to become good? I have to admit, I think he would be like sort of embarrassingly bad and of course that could that could happen at any point he is still a rookie but that was a, an encouraging debut for him Texans CJ Stroud didn't look maybe as good or as impressive but that defense did look pretty good they looked like a much more competent group under D'Amico Ryans you know two teams with I, I'm not going to watch a single second of this game yeah. but you know two teams who have to be feeling a little bit better about their outlook and direction after week one if you had to pick who would you take texans or colts long term or in the gun, game? no gun to your head the, the the you gotta pick this game and you gotta make, put money on it colts. what would you i take texas i think texans cover with their one point so okay colts uh, that's good that's good washington commanders at denver broncos broncos are favored three and a half I might watch a little of this. I don't want to watch Russell Wilson other than when he plays the Chiefs. I'm I'm not really trying to do much of anything. I I'm, like uh, I was but I was comforted to know that while I was wrong on my lock of the week thing, 
with the commanders, I was not wrong in thinking that the hype train for Sam Powell was just a little bit too uh, out of control and that the brakes needed to be. I was, I was getting, I was getting told he was, you know, the quarterback of the future for sure. It's the second coming of Jesus Christ. I don't know. After he, after he played one game last year against the Cowboys (laughs) team that knew it didn't really have anything to play for in the last game of the regular season. Goodness gracious. I, I don't really care about this game at all. I, I mean, I think the I think the Commanders are better than the Broncos, but it is tough to play. In the, uh, I mean, Who it's cares? tough a mile high. I got again the Broncos are favored three and a half. Washington Commanders at Denver. Denver three and a half point favorites. Sunday night football. Oh, Mike, oh, this guy is just the best. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's the Chris Collinsworth game. Miami Dolphins right, sliding at, into the DMs. Miami sliding Dolphins at New England Patriots. Patriots are two and a half point underdogs. Dolphins favor two and a half in New England. I think this is an interesting line. Obviously, I do think the Dolphins should be favored just because of what happened last week. The Tua, Tyreek Hill, Waddle, that offense. I think this is a trap game. I like the Patriots in this game. I do think they looked a little bit feisty on on offense. Defensively, uh, Bill just does a great job. Watson was great uh, against the Eagles. So I, I think this is definitely a, a great game, but I, I'm leaning towards the Patriots two and a half points. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I think, you know, night game in Foxborough, especially early in the season where in the post Tom Brady era, they're still at least, you know, theoretically frisky and, and available for the playoffs is never easy. You know, I, I think if there's one thing we know Bill Bill knows how to do, it's to, you know, take a young quarterback who's been flying high and sort of knock him off his game. He did literally just that on Sunday and made Jalen Hurts look pretty average. Uh, two and a half, that's, I mean, can't pick that unless you think the Patriots win the game outright, but I've probably gunned to my head. I'd probably lean towards the Patriots as well. I think I agree with you. I, I, I think he's going to scheme up. Tyreek Hill will not have over 200 yards receiving. I know he I think wants that's to safe get to, to say. <laughs> I, w- I know he wants to get to 2,000 yards this year. I, I think... Keon White's been a great addition. He was pretty pretty good on the pass rush. He, he flashed some potential last week against the Eagles. It would be a great game. I think uh, Sunday night, great great pick compared to that Monday night. You know, with Aaron Rodgers being hurt last week. So Monday night games, we got two. It's not a doubleheader. It's a uh, two games. It's a it's a game off. I don't know what you want. To, I don't know what you want. Just some something better than. If you want to watch and listen to Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, it is Cleveland Browns at Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are getting two points. Browns are favored two points in Pittsburgh. I don't for a night game as bad as the Steelers were as good as the Cleveland looked. This was absurd to me that the Steelers are underdogs and getting two points. I thought it would be a pick em or a one-and-a-half-point Steelers favorite. I, I know, look, the 49ers might be the best team in the league, but like just because the Browns had one good game, like it's the Browns. 
I think the Browns are going to be just one of those teams that we forever let allow to be overhyped based off a small amount of evidence in their favor. I also think just the the devastating nature of how bad the the Steelers got smoked is playing into that line as well. But as you said, I I, I mean, there's playing the Browns and playing the 49ers is not is not the same thing. Deshaun um, Watson. I, I, think I mean, right. uh, again, Deshaun Watson was he? I mean, he's fine. I, I, again, he's not worth yeah, his money. The Browns' right? offense. I, the Browns' offense was pedestrian at best. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. I think the Steelers win this game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers win this game by ten points. I, I agree. I don't think it's. I, I think Steelers could could blow them out. I think Mike Tomlin will have them going. I do have concerns about Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator. That that's another time, another place to talk about. I just, but I just don't understand the, the disrespect for the Steelers when they are still pretty darn good. You and you and Bill Simmons going down with the ship. I might, I might, I'm definitely taking the Steelers on DraftKings sports bets. I, I would be putting money on that. New Orleans saints at Carolina Panthers saints are favored by three in Carolina. This is a game where I think the Saints are going to win. Do you think the Panthers <laughs> might be the worst team in the league? Oof. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we I think it's it's too soon to assume that it won't be the Cardinals, but you know, the Panthers I would say out of any team looked the worst other than perhaps the Giants, who we at least think are trying to win and at least have a lot of talent on their team. The Panthers looked really, really bad in that game. You know, I I actually think um, we're going to make a smooth segue here. I'm going to go with the Saints as my lock of the week on this one. I think the Panthers, only three-point underdogs, even though they're in, boy, the the raucous atmosphere of Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. I think the Saints cover that three points very easily, cruise to victory, maybe two or three interceptions from Bryce Young. I, I don't think this is a close matchup at all. I I think it's definitely going to be a game where the Saints defense is going to have a field day on that offense. You know, it's crazy. I thought Frank Reich was going to be this coach, you know, when he went with the Colts because of what he did in Philly as the OC when they won the Super Bowl. I'm a fan still, but like the clock is ticking. We'll, we'll see about this Bryce Young pick. That is a great segue into our League Corso Locks of the Week. Dave, you are 0-1 on the year. You took the shameful, shameful. lowly Washington Commanders last week. What I get cover against the Cardinals. It's almost like that elimination pick, you know, pick him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. That just like, who, how many people probably, do you think the Vikings were, you know, had the Vikings over the Bucks, right? And they a just lot. lost a lot of people, yep. right? Last week I had the Jacksonville Jaguars. They did co- end up covering against the Colts. So this week you are taking the Saints. I'm going to take the Saints. You, yeah, you're locking yeah. it in. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm dabbling in the NFC South this week. You dabble. You you dabbled a little bit. You you dabbled a little bit in the other divisions. I dabbled in the NFC East. I'm going to the NFC South. Awesome. Taking the New Orleans Saints. Awesome. My lock so of the week. I was in the AFC South last week with Jacksonville. This week, I am going with the Kansas City Chiefs. They are on a mission. 
They are in Jacksonville. Favored by two and a half. I think they win by a field goal or more. Mahomes got embarrassed. Kelsey is, I, I believe he's playing. He practiced today. Chris Jones is back. Interesting contract negotiation piece where he only got a one-year deal. I don't understand. But it's the Chiefs. Put it down. Put your money down. It's the lock of the week. Finally, we're going into our week two pick matchups. Again, last week, I was two and four picking the Eagles and Cowboys. Dave was four and two. We've got five games to pick this week, Dave. First one's up, Minnesota Vikings at Philadelphia Eagles. Again, Eagles are seven and a half point favorites. Who you got? Coming off that short week with all those injuries, you know, it's tough to it's tough to pick against the Eagles at home in a night game with all those drunk maniacs. But I am going to take the Vikings to cover that seven and a half point spread. You know, wouldn't be so surprised if they went outright, but I definitely do think they cover a close loss, if not winning it outright. I'm taking the Vikings as well. I think the injuries in the secondary, the linebacker, I I think their defense is not going to be as good as people predict. I do think they're going to get pressure on the quarterback, but I do think the the Vikings will get that late touchdown. Justin Jefferson, get it within, you know, seven, three points and be able to get that game. So we got Vikings, both, both of us have the Vikings. Obviously Eagles again are seven and a half point favorites. Next game, Baltimore Ravens at Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are three and a half point favorites. Who you got? Going with the desperate team. Bengals don't want to start 0-2. Joe Burrow um, is not the type of person who responds kindly to being embarrassed on the football field. I think he has a big game, and I think the Bengals get the job done and win easily. I think this is just in that zone where I think it's going to be a close game. I'm taking the Ravens. I think they... You know, I think the Bengals will win by three points. I think the Ravens obviously will keep it close. Bengals go down, score, last-minute drive, win by three points. Again, Bengals, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Dave's got the Bengals. I've got the Ravens. Game three, New York Jets at Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys favored by nine-and-a-half. Whammy. It's a, that's a lot. Nine and a half is a lot. You know, I, I do think the Cowboys are going to win this game. I'm not sure. I think maybe a little bit of a a letdown, maybe a little bit of a drop off after such an enormous victory week one. Um, I could see this being a game where it's closer than people are expecting into the third quarter, into the fourth quarter, maybe a tie game, something like that before the Cowboys pull away late. But, you know, I think it's, you know, you're looking at maybe six, seven, eight point victory for the Cowboys. Rather than that, that spread, I don't see it getting up to double digits. I'm going to say the Jets cover this one, but the Cowboys do win. Just just don't cover that at nine and a half point spread. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think Zach Wilson just is that, that, that decision for me. I think that defense is going to be formidable against that Jets O-line. Uh, it's a lot to ask to put, you know, put Zach Wilson in this situation coming in for Aaron Rodgers. We've seen several years of Zach Wilson. He's not going to get it done. I got the Cowboys winning by 10 plus points. Again, Cowboys nine and a half point favorites. Game four, Kansas City Chiefs at Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags are two and a half 
point underdogs. Chiefs are favored two and a half points. You know my pick, Kansas City Chiefs. Who you got? You know, I don't ever feel comfortable um, betting against the Chiefs with a spread under about four points, unless I think they're going to lose outright. I do not think they lose outright. I think they probably do win comfortably. I'm taking the Chiefs to cover two and a half points pretty easily. And that's Chiefs two and a half point favorites. Dave and I both have Kansas City. Last game. This one was a tough one. I, I'm, you almost made me pick. I changed my pick. Uh, we're going to stay strong. San Francisco 49ers at Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are seven-point underdogs. 49ers are favored by seven by a touchdown. I think the I think the luster wears off that week one upset victory for the Rams a little bit. I think they come back to reality. They are probably going to be a little bit better than we thought overall this season. They have a great quarterback. They have a great head coach. Not a lot of other weapons there. Not enough to get the job done against the 49ers. I think the 49ers, maybe they don't beat them as convincingly as they did the Steelers, but I think they win by double digits, cover this seven-point spread. I'm taking the Rams. And I think I'm crazy. <laughs> I think somehow McVay is going to keep it close enough, maybe within a field goal. I think the 49ers just had such a great start. Purdy's got to, at some point, there's got to be a little bit of a bump in the road. There has been times I feel that it's just been too smooth. Could this be the week where Purdy has a little bit more of just a, a tough time? I think we're going to find out a lot about the 49ers this week. And I do think they might be the most complete team in the NFL. I take LA Rams 49ers favored by seven. Dave's got the 49ers. I've got the Rams. We'll see how that goes. Any last minute things, Dave, for week two, you're excited about, you want to just shout out. Well, I'm still pretty upset about that whole doubleheader thing on Monday Night Football, but I'm willing to look past it if we get some good football this week. I didn't get as very much of a chance to check out the old Nance Romo team, call that Eagles-Patriots game. I was, I was at a fancy business dinner. I didn't get, didn't get a ton of chance to listen to that, but I'm excited to hear them call Jets at Cowboys and see if Romo has maybe started watching film finally after a few years of just flying by the seat of his pants. We will see. I'm I'm excited for YouTube TV Sunday ticket again. I, I think it's really awesome that we're able to pick between having Red Zone and, and several other different games on Sponsor the man. big screen. Let's get Sponsor him in. Sponsor the man. Let's get him in. Well, finally, to end, real quick again, I have the Vikings, Ravens, Cowboys, Kansas City Chiefs, LA Rams. Dave took the Vikings, Bengals, Jets, Kansas City, 49ers. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We're excited for week two. We'll be back for week three. Sayonara, football fans. This has been The Spread Zone.